Hey, what's up, Print Hustlers? This is Bruce from Printavo, Simple Shop Management Software. We've got a very special guest today on the podcast, Luke Ryerkirk. Am I saying that last name right? Heck yeah. No, you got okay. it right. Awesome. <laughs> Luke's joining us. He's got an awesome background. He's part of the Rhino team, but he also runs a shop too. He's also heavily into direct-to-garment. He's heavily into screen printing. He's been just printing for years and years. Uh, I've got a lot of questions for him today, so let's just kick it off. But first, Luke, thanks so much for being able to join us. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that introduction. It's awesome. I hope I'll live up to the uh, the awesome guest uh, request <laughs> there. So <laughs> yeah, um, no, no problem. If you could just, so, I mean, for people who are watching this video, and if you're not, Luke's got some ink, it looks like, in the background, some Wilflex ink or something, but where are you right now? So I'm in my shop here in uh, Waco, Texas. We, we're actually doing a, a video series on converting a two-car garage over to a, um, a full-fledged screen printing shop. And specifically with this shop, we actually are running screen printing and direct garment printing side-by-side side in the same space. And really? so versus my other shop in Tennessee, we have those spaces separated out. Most of the shops that I, I work with as well, whether they're small or large, typically are gonna have those separated out. But the biggest thing that we wanted to do with this one was show that you can take a typical two-car garage and get tons of things out of it. I mean, some of the best quality prints that I've worked with, um, with customers to Ryan it, have come out of some of the smallest shops. I mean, garage shops, some people are afraid to talk about and say that they're a garage shop or admit that. And um, I think you should you should boast about it within the community all the time because you can do so much out of your home, out of your garage, or even if you're renting a small space. I mean, it's really cool. So that was a challenge we took on, and it, it's pretty neat. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but we actually have a, 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 new, a new video coming out on that series where we talk about what we did with the garage door. It's pretty cool. This, this wall that you can see right here, there's a dark room on the other side of it. And mm -hmm. um, again, this is all built within this, this little shop, but we've got two DTGs, our Riley Hopkins uh, 300. We've got a, a neat Vastex dryer over here. And then we run everything through this little guy. And it's it's awesome. You know, my wife's business, Trinity Cactus, is pumping out um, shirts all day, every day. And then we do a lot of printing with the polyprint. I do a lot of R&D out of here. So it's been great. We've loved it a lot since we've, so, we finally so, finished it. <laughs> so to understand, so you're full time at Ryanet, um, helping on the direct to garment side, and mm -hmm. then uh, run this shop. Did you mention it was two shops that you're running uh, after hours? Kind of. So um, the original shop that I started, and what brought me to Ryanet was a family shop that we started back in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. I, it's oh, okay. actually outside of Knoxville called Powell. So that shop, I still co-own it. I don't do very much at all in the day-to-day -day stuff. And then this shop, we actually started it was kind of on a whim a couple years ago um, with my wife. Her sister had kids and we wanted to get them some custom stuff. And I hadn't really been exposed to the, the kids' side of the industry very much. And we were blown away with how expensive things were. So I called up my shop, that, that um, you know, my family shop that we've had for a long time, mm -hmm. printed some stuff. Um, her sister loved it. Everyone that they talked to loved it. We thought, well, let's do a, a little business on it. And I've had direct-to-garment printers in, in our shops. Basically, we started our original shop 10 years, over 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. Pretty quickly, we got really good at simulator process and four-color mm -hmm. process. So people really liked that high color, high detail stuff. At the time, it was, it was really big in our area. But they only wanted 12, 24 pieces and stuff. And, and for typical screen printing, setting up a six color job for 12 pieces is just asinine. You hate it. So we got into DTG really quick because of that. It was a necessity thing. So when we And this was all because one, of kids' clothes? Yeah. Or was well, that no. So, so now fast forward. Okay. And we wanted to do the kids' clothes thing. Uh, but we didn't want to keep tons and tons of stock of pre-printed designs. You know, especially today, things are moving so fast. You, you don't know what's going to sell. Sure. So we went the direct to garment route. We had kind of done the testing of, of this idea with the, the shop that was already started, and it had direct to garment in it. So when we started this one, we started with just direct to garment. As we moved to, to Waco, we decided to do a full conversion and... Ryan and myself and a couple other people, Ryan, came up with this crazy idea about doing a garage shop thing. And um, now here we are with this really cool space. So it's fun. If you're ever in the Waco or DFW area, give me a call. <laughs> That's amazing. That's cool. really cool. So wait, first tell me a little bit about 
trendy cactus. This um, so this is custom. Is this like a brand kids clothing, or is this custom? People come to you, and that's the niche is kids clothing. So it's a brand online, and like 99% of the sales are online. And then she recently started um, working through this uh, boutique locally as well. But um, if you just search for Trinity Cactus, you'll you'll see the Etsy Etsy site, for instance. That's where the majority of her stuff is. Which, by the way, if you're not on Etsy and you have it right there on printer or you're a screen printer, set it up. I mean, there's a ton of work that goes into making it successful. But man, it's been great for us, and we really like it. So little plug for Etsy there, but um, yeah, so so basically we have you know, a couple hundred designs, people mm-hmm. choose whatever they want. Some of them are fully customizable and other ones are just pick your design, pick your size and we ship it to you. Um, but what's really great is, and that's why directing our printing for that was such a good fit. We stock all blanks and then we just have all of our designs set up either the night before uh, whatever is due or, or the, the day that she's gonna be printing. Uh, Elizabeth will go through and set the designs up drag them into the print queues and hit go. So it's really great. It's a really great process. We have the fastest turnaround um, on on there right now. And that's what's really helped us soar with that. So that's that's that part of it. And we've been getting over the years requests to do custom work. And um, I typically will just send that back to the shop back in Texas for, for requests and they can handle it. But um, we now are doing a lot of um, you know higher end apparel lines and stuff like that. We're getting into doing more of. And what's great is we can do proof of concept on the director garment, and then we do full production or non-screen printing. That's where the polyprint really started soaring for us too, was we can get that color replication, get that, I call it a screen print white, that screen print looking white with a director garment printer. It's, it's really tough to get it, and I've been able to get it with the new printer that we're using. So that's, that's why that part is growing, really. What's the printer you're using now? So we have an F, F2000 still. At the moment, our main one is uh, the new Polyprint machine. So it's the Polyprint TextCheck Echo 2. Um, it's the one that that we unveiled at ISS Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool is I got a call this back in I think August, August 2018, from uh, from Roger and, and Ryan, and they were telling me about this director printer that we were thinking about bringing on, and they wanted some of my input and wanted me to fly up there. Well, I was already flying up to headquarters anyways, and I answered the phone at the Portland airport, so it was pretty funny. And so I got on this printer, um, started messing around with it. And backstory, I've been, I've looked at printers and used tons of these different printers. I mean, I've, I've had Brothers, I've had Antijets, the, the Epson's printers, I've had a, a ton of different ones and I've, I've worked with just about all of them. And so when they said they wanted me to look into this guy and give thumbs up, um, I initially liked it, but wanted to dive, dive in even deeper. So they sent it down to the shop here and all the spare parts possibly needed. And I beat the sucker up in all honesty. <laughs> and it passed every test. And the, the biggest thing it did for me was how well it printed the white. We also had it sitting in a warehouse for like three weeks and it sat mm-hmm. on trucks and it sat at our print shop for about mm-hmm. two weeks. So about six weeks total, that printer originally sat with ink in it, which for direct garment printing and anyone who's listening who has a direct garment printer out there, it's a big no-no, right? And we turned it, we plugged it in did a couple head cleanings, fired it up and printed beautifully. So that was a big selling point for me right off the bat. The print quality has been amazing. As a con, I went over to, to Greece, which is where they're manufactured, uh, mm-hmm. when we started giving it, giving the thumbs up to it to meet the team and, and see what they're working on as well. And that's where we really realized that we were hitting it out of the park because as a company, Polyprint, they originally were started as a screen printing supplier and manufacturer back in the 70s. And then over the, over the years, they started getting into digital printing and in 2000, they made the decision to switch to all um, digital. And they started working on their first DTG in 2001. They released the first first version of a DTG um, by them in 2005. And then the one that we have, the Echo 2, is just their newest model. So they have thousands of them out gotcha. in the field over in Europe. And then we're just kind of bringing them over to the United States with this new Echo 2 mainly. That's interesting. Let me let me take a step back about and just direct the garment in a shop. So obviously, so this is a brand, right? Um, right. Which it sounds like for this use case, and I'm pulling up Trendy Cactus on Etsy, and it's really cool. And you can see, I could definitely see how this is great for fulfilling these types of shirts, right? There's tons of colors. You know, there's a bunch of different SKUs. You know, I'm sure you can pump these out quickly. If somebody is starting a brand very similarly to that, do you feel like 
if if they're ready to buy a machine, this is a good machine to buy, or or like wh- when was the a good transition to buy it and bring it in house versus allowing somebody else to fulfill it? Yeah, for us, you know, it was a good transition pretty quickly because we saw the market potential specifically with that company, mm-hmm. and so that's where I that's where I tell everyone, if you have the customer base or if you have the market potential to bring it in house that's absolutely the time you need to do it. Unfortunately, there's not a number you can put on that because with everyone, it's different. I can't say when you know you're going to sell 10,000 pieces a month, you should bring something in. I mean, no one can ever say that, unfortunately, right? Anyone who does, either one, they're only speaking towards their specific instance because I could tell you that number for for me or for Trinity Cactus, but it would not be the same for you or even a guy right next door, possibly, right? Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing is for that, an apparel brand, the way that we wanted to do it, high amounts of pieces of artwork, low overhead in inventory mm-hmm. was the business model. And cute things printed on baby clothes is just awesome. So sure. um, it that's why it worked out for us. Now, typically what I deal with as well is people who are an initial screen printing company um, and they have a need because someone is, people are always asking for lower order number or lower numbers, lower quantities uh, of shirts and things like that. And like our original company, that was why we wanted to get into because we had a customer base who wanted these low number orders with high detail artwork. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a shop where people are constantly coming in and saying, and I know people who hear this have experienced this, someone comes in and says, hey, man, I'm in this band. We have this show this weekend. I'm going to end up ordering a thousand shirts, but I'm yeah. going four this weekend. Right. But can I get the thousand shirt price, you know, or whatever? We used it in the in the original shop also as a way for us to quickly say, hey, awesome. Congrats on your band. I'll totally buy a CD. But um, if you want four shirts, they're 20 bucks a piece, period. Sure. So so and, in the screen printing shop, when did you buy the direct to garment printer? Really quickly, we bought it, I'd say within the first year, we bought that printer because- And just paid cash or financed it or how? We financed it. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a, a leasing deal with a dollar buyout and it worked out really well for us. Do you remember what the, the payments roughly were? Like, and, and did you say that, hey, we need to, let's say it's 500 a month, um, you know, X amount is what we have to print to, to cover this or, or how did you think about it? Yeah, totally. So. When we bought it, we bought the machine. Originally, we bought the the machine and a couple other pieces of equipment along with it. Since Got we it. were taking out a lease, we were doing a lease program. We went ahead and added some things, and so Got so it. our payment was at the time like eight hundred a month. Mm-hmm. And and the machine we had bought originally um, was a pretty expensive machine. It was it was a an Anajet, and and so that was the very first machine, which you know, it was an interesting time. And then we ended up moving on to a brother, which they still run the 381 in that shop. And that's been a great machine too. I can't say anything bad about that machine, but yes, we went through the, through the numbers and we said, okay, number one, we're already spending so much time setting up these high color jobs. So we would save so much amount of time right off the bat. So there's a value. Number two, we could also with this machine, take care of those you know, people who just need six shirts or the one-offs here and there and stuff like that. So we provide sure. a service, which when you're doing a service on just straight one-offs, custom artwork every single time, it's really based on a, um, a service that will pay itself off over time, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do this thing for you, one-off shirt, because I know you run this company or you're involved with this organization that will have a need at one point that I can, I can really, you know, grow this customer. So, so we did the numbers and the numbers worked for, for us mainly on a time standpoint. And I have this saying that I've said for years and I'll continue to say it for years where screen printers do not make money printing shirts, but they make money selling shirts. So if you can really focus on selling shirts um, and, and just kind of keep that idea in your mind, what do I need to do to be able, to give me the opportunity to sell more shirts? And always keep that as a decision maker. It's not the only decision maker, of course, when you're looking at business decisions, but it needs to be a key one because why does the average person get an automatic? So they can print faster, so they can pump more jobs out. Well, why do they want to pump more jobs out? Well, if you're spending less time on press and you're one in your two-man crew, mm-hmm. then you can spend more time marketing and selling yourself. Why do we buy DTG? So we could fix problems faster and spend more time making the bigger deals. 
look at training cactus why do we get a dtg so that we could have more designs out there and spend less money with overhead and just turn and burn really quickly so that means that we can spend more time marketing we can spend more time making phone calls we can spend True. more time doing art it's all for for a lot of those really a way to, to sell more in a time thing. The cost factor was always a, a tough thing too. So we actually developed with the screen printing side, a pricing matrix where outside of one color white on a black shirt, we could sell a shirt, um, anything that was 24 pieces or less, we typically would throw it on the direct garment printer. And our, our prices actually were averaged out to where, even if I quoted as a screen printing design and I decided to do it on DDG, mm -hmm. I'm not losing any money and I'm at least making some because I've saved time. With the polyprint, that's that's allowed us to do even more because the ink costs are so much less than the average DTG mm -hmm. that it allows me to kind of extend that gamut. So a lot of things that I've been doing lately when we've been you know, testing this printer more and more is actually working with local businesses and, and talking with them about kind of some of the struggles they've had. And, and it's all the same thing that you hear, you know, to, to get a good price, you got to buy a bunch, but you don't know if you're going to be able to sell that design or that shirt. So having a DTG allows you to do these proof of concepts and you're charging for this stuff too. Like that, I want to be very clear. Mm -hmm. You're doing a did proof you, of concept. Did you alter your, your pricing matrix after you bought it? A little bit. Yeah. So our, up or down? Yeah. Up, um, for anything that was under 24 pieces, it went, it went up a tad. Mm -hmm. So it, it, two things happened. It extended from our minimum being 12 to, mm -hmm. to one, that gap between 12 and 24 went up just a little bit at the time and what why did you why do you feel like it went up time it, it really it just went up time because uh, time and the cost of ink mm -hmm. is mainly what it was so with screen printing your problem is all the time that goes into setting up the job and with direct-to-garment printing sometimes your time goes into how long it takes to print so well, I'm mainly talking about that when you are doing a, a job that's full color front full color back on dark shirts that's when time becomes a factor, a real mm -hmm. big factor with director garment, right? And then the ink cost. Ink cost on DTG are all, are gonna be substantially higher than screen printing, of course. So that was really the major factor, but what you'll find is that it, with most director garment printing settings, you have this benchmark of 24 pieces. And, and again, it depends on the shop, so this is not set in stone. This shop, it's actually more like 42 now with, with the polyprint, but let's say 24 is kind of like your fulcrum your tipping point. With DTG, as you are printing less shirts under 24, your profit can go up because of the smaller amount of time it takes you to do it versus traditional screen printing. When you hit that mark in most shops, which is at 24, mm -hmm. and you go screen printing over DTG, your profit goes up because you're spending less time for the course of the job printing. For me, I, I really look at that as a time factor alongside with the ink cost, but Printers make money selling shirts, not printing shirts. So, so times what is, you talk about the ink cost, what, like roughly what is the ink cost for a, a white garment versus dark garment? So for a white garment versus a dark garment, the biggest difference you're going to see with DTG is the white ink cost. White ink in DTG typically is the most expensive. Now, over the years, industry-wide, uh, a lot of people have made it to where, or a lot of manufacturers and distributors are making it to where if you buy CMYK versus white, the purchase price costs the same. But for the printing side of it, you typically are gonna print more white ink than you are CMYK. And so on a, on a light garment shirt, it's gonna usually be 25% the cost of, of that same print on a dark shirt. And again, that's different from every DTG, even mm -hmm. some shops. So not set in stone, but that's a good kind of rule of thumb, 25, 30% cheaper. And Typically, you know, your average 12 inch by 12 inch design on a dark colored shirt with average CTG cost is around $4 for the mm -hmm. ink. That's a dark, you said. Right. That's mainly because of the white ink. You're printing so much white ink on there. That's sometimes not even taking into account the pre-treatment cost, which typically you're looking at a quarter for the cost of that. It's 25 cents. With the polyprint, it's the most I've, I've spent on a 12 by 12 image was like $1.80 on, on a dark image. So it's... The ink, the ink cost is a lot less on the forefront. And then another big factor, no matter what direct current printer you're looking into, is, is how much ink do you use over time through maintenance and just waste. Um, so these printers 
across the board, you know, they're going to be pulling some ink through the heads to make sure that the ink does, or that the head does not clog up and mm-hmm. things like that. Some of them do automatic maintenance and that helps the heads stay clear and, and works really well with that. So understanding how much ink you use on that over time is a big thing too. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, everybody always has questions of how to price it as well. Yeah. Um, based on ink cost, based on you can easily calculate the time, you know, per shirt for the person and, and based on what you're paying them hourly. Is that what you did to calculate those prices for 1 to 24? And yeah, did you separate absolutely. them from dark versus light garments too? Yes. Yeah, so so typically we're going to separate it from dark versus light. Got it. And um, although, you know, I've actually been toying around with that because – Traditionally and initially, so this is another thing that's actually changed. That's, I'm glad you asked this question. Traditionally, my DTG pricing would be separated from light and dark. When you're going down this road of, I want to try to come out with one price list or as few amount of price lists as possible, because because again, you want to be able to kind of on the fly tell a customer at least a ballpark figure, right? Sure. Even if that means that you have to whip out a, a something that you've put on your phone or whatever. This new pricing model that we've put together we actually charge the same price for a light shirt that we do a dark shirt on DTG. It's kind of like one of those things that as a printer, we can say, all right, well, if we lower this price just a little bit, or if we sometimes are going to take these designs and do them on screen printing, um, then that's going to be fine across the board. So we, we're kind of, it's a marketing strategy kind of too, um, or it's just single, single shirt pricing, right? Light or dark, same thing. Big caveat. <clears throat> If you're doing contract ETG, you absolutely have to have a separate pricing period. And probably for a lot of instances, it's good to have separate pricing. But kind of the goal that we're with this specific shop that we're putting together is as frictionless of a sell cycle as possible. Meaning I want to be able to tell someone very quickly mm-hmm. what it's going to cost them, when I can get it to them, and woo them really fast. Because sales, even in screen printing, is about emotion. So if they're excited... Um, and I can give them a good price and I can give them a good turnaround and I can get them to say yes within the first one or two phone calls as a printer. That's amazing. Right? So that's really for me over the years been a big goal is figuring out the fastest way to do that and simplifying the, the, um, the pricing model is, is one option. Interesting. Not, not lowering the price, simplifying, right, it. simplifying. What, what do you feel like are other, if someone's looking to buy right now, and integrate it into their shop. What are some lessons that you feel like you've learned? Pricing is one here. What are some other lessons that you feel like you've learned that would help save people time or money? Another, a big one um, that I've learned over the last couple years, most recent years actually, the last three years, um, is looking into the RIP software you're using mm-hmm. immediately. So a lot of these direct to printers will come with a, um, a rip software that's built for that printer or or they'll have one included with it. Look into that rip a little bit more. A couple years ago, we switched over to the digital factory rip software from CadLink for our Epson printer. And that was an amazing decision. Some people will look at that rip software and it's it it's not cheap, quote unquote, but its value is really high. So it's, it's typically $1,000 a little over. And, but what it does is it controls the printer more and allows you a lot more options to really dial in your printing. As an example, we have that software set up to where when Elizabeth is printing for Trinity Cactus, and, and remember, she's printing on sizes from newborn to every day she's printing all the way up to like kids large or youth large, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a huge size gamut. Now we've extended that even into the adult sizes for that company. Uh, we have a queue set up for each one of those different sizes. So we just drag the artwork into the queue, and it does everything we need to do, and you just press the print button, right? Interesting. Uh, and that's the – and what, what uh, which program is this called again? So that's Digital Factory by Cadillac. And that's the one you recommend now? That's that's the, the, the higher one that I recommend definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I was really – I pretty much fell in love with that thing when we started using it for Epson, and it turned out that that was the same, ver- the same one that they were – supplying with the polyprint as well mm-hmm. so polyprint went to them and had a custom version built for them as well and that was another thing that really was great for me because what we're also seeing especially with these machines is people are setting up pods more 
And to, conf- to clarify what that is, is with certain direct garment printers, certain pre-treatment, you can, actually most of it, um, nowadays, you can run it down a conveyor dryer instead of heat press it. Mm-hmm. You always want to make sure to have, and that's for the final cure, you always want to make sure to have either a conveyor dryer that runs on gas or an electric conveyor dryer that has forced air. The conveyor dryer that I have in this shop, it's the Vastex uh, Little Buddy X3D, and it's a phenomenal dryer. It's a smaller dryer. It's like eight feet, and mm-hmm. it hears digital stuff. Awesome. I mean, amazingly. If you get a sample of the polyprint design, it's cured on this dryer, and you'll be very happy about it. So anyways, um, a pod is where you'll take Usually at least three uh, DTG printers. Um, the most I've seen was six. And you'll put them around the infeed of a dryer. And if you have the right software, the right rip, um, each one of those can be daisy chained up. So if we have 20 of this design that we're printing, it'll go one, two, three, and so on and so forth. So the, the workflow of the person who's printing is they take the first shirt, they load it onto the printer, they press the button, and it starts printing it. And then they go to this next one and so on and so forth. So by the time they get to the final one and press go, that first one is either finished or just about done. So they go back, they unload it, load the next year, and then they're just going back in circles. Interesting. And they're just throwing it down a dryer. So that, that pod thing is really starting to become, is becoming more and more used in the industry because especially with like the polyprint, you, you have a printer that's you know, 16,000, it's 15,999. And if you're trying to get production out of it, you know, you want to, if you want to add two or three of those into a shop around a conveyor dryer, you can start getting your production up. And your, so your time, which is the most expensive part of your business, ends up being less. Your production is higher, so your time is less. So having a rip allows you to do things like that, a specific one. And I've really, really liked the Catholic so far uh, for the last couple of years. And the things that we've, we've worked with Polyprint and Catholic on uh, for this machine as well, too, has been awesome so we, that's we awesome. really enjoyed it when do you feel like is it time that or like a business should not be buying direct garment or maybe it's even too early to buy direct garment so we were chatting with uh, a print shop um, a couple months ago they bought direct garment first obviously couldn't do higher volume i mean they were just learning about printing didn't know sure what they wanted when's the screen printing now they're only doing screen printing direct garment hasn't even been touched since so, yeah. like, what are the characteristics where it's like if someone's looking into it and you would say, eh, probably not a good time right now or, you know, maybe focus elsewhere? Yeah, I would definitely say a couple of things. The number one thing to think about is what business do you have or what business do you want? Mm-hmm. All right. And whether it's director government printing, screen printing, maybe even it's outsourcing is the answer even initially. Okay. Especially nowadays, there's a lot of great partners you can outsource to but what I don't recommend people getting into direct air printing is is a lot of them who will say, I'm gonna buy this one desktop direct garment printer, and desktop meaning it's it it can fit on a large table, right? Mm-hmm. Versus like the large corneats and and um and the rock DTGs that we have now and everything too. Someone coming in saying, I want to buy one of these desktop style printers and replace my screen printing. You sure. know, okay, well, your average screen print job is over hundred pieces. You're gonna be printing all day, every day, and your turnaround time is going to end up being a month, right? That's not the fit. The fit for that person would be how much business do you turn around that is less than 24 pieces because your minimum is 24, right? So that's an established business who's adding it. it DTG is perfect as a complement a complement to screen printing in a traditional screen printing shop. Now, what happens if you're starting out? Well, one big thing is where are you going to print? Where are you going to do this out of? You want to do it out of a spare bedroom and you don't want to have ink all over the place. Maybe DTG is the right thing for you and you want to do just small jobs or something along those lines. DTG could be a great way to start. Isn't it expensive though to get into? I mean, with the pre-treatment machine and the actual printer versus like a used press? Totally. It it absolutely can be if the business is not the right fit for it. The mass majority of people who are starting out right out of the gate, typically I would recommend starting with screen printing. Get a starter kit from Ryanet, right? Mm -hmm. And give it a shot. Call up some buddies, call some friends. If you go to church, talk to them, tell them you want to make some shirts. Um, Where you work, see if you can make some shirts. 
and see if you like it and see what kind of a business you're going to put together from that point. Versus there's plenty of times where I get phone calls from people who also say, I want to start this business. I've owned businesses before and I want to do it right and I want to do it big. Typically, people who come in and say something like that, it's it's usually, okay, well, your business model is to print for all the other businesses in your area, so they're going to need large amounts of shirts. That's where screen printing comes into play. Oh, you're going to have a storefront too. Great. Let's put a direct-to-garment printer in there. And the Joe Schmoes who come off the street and say, hey, man, I just want one shirt. You don't turn them away because you also never know what connections that guy has, right? Yeah, there's definitely times when it's not when it's not a good idea to put direct current printing in. The last thing I actually think about too, if you're an existing print shop or if you're getting into printing, what mm-hmm. are you going to print on? I had a, um, a good example of this, um, is I had a shop that printed on, out of 100 orders, 98 of these orders would be 100% polyester, stretch fabric, Under Armour stuff. And they thought that direct garment printing was the solution to some of their problems. I immediately told them it was not because the mass, mass, mass majority of their printing was done on 100% polyester dark garments that have high stretchability and all kinds of stuff. And the technology just isn't there yet for mm-hmm. direct armor printing, right? That's where, okay, let's dial in your ink and things like that come into play. So there are definitely times when I've told, I've told plenty of people that I would not recommend putting DTG in their shop. And I've told plenty of people that I would, of course, too, right? But it's definitely something that I'm never afraid to, to to tell someone that maybe it's not the right idea. And let's look at some other avenues first. So it's really um, like also your customer base, it sounds like, too. Like if you're doing a lot of team sports, maybe not the best. Um, if you are right. doing a lot of more of the jersey, heavy polyester type of fabrics. Um, mm-hmm. But something like more of a, if you do have like a retail front, people can come in, test stuff. You know, you can have that there as well. That's interesting. Right. Another thing that to know on that's become really big too is if you're running fundraiser stores or if you're setting up online stores for different different companies or different teams and things like that and you want to give an on-demand option, right? Those are great for directory art printing mm-hmm. because you can go in and set these stores up and you can say, hey, we're going to run the first order through that you're doing with this player store or, or team store, school store, whatever, spirit store, call it, uh, merch store, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's tons of names for them. You can say the first run we run through, we're going to do in bulk, and then we can leave it on and just do things on, do these specific pieces on demand. And that's where I have a lot of people doing really well with director garment printing too, um, is they'll leave these stores up and just do things on demand. Sure. And it's a, it's a great, great option there too. So, but yeah, you, you're totally right. At the end of the day, the first question you want to ask when you're looking at even getting into screen printing um, or any type of apparel printing, look at the business you have and the business you want. Like, what do you want your customer to be? And if you don't necessarily know what that might fit, that's where you should absolutely give, you know, someone at Ryan a call, give me a call. I mean, that whole company is built off of printers and musicians. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's... Um, and the mass majority of us have have owned or do own screen printing shops. So we. What do you What do you think screen. is is like the cost, hopping in? Like obviously, I know you work heavily with TextJet now, but like, you know, between TextJet and other brands, Epson Brothers, like, what are you people looking at for a price range between that, pre-treater, you know, inks, everything to get going? Yeah. So let's talk about pre-treatment real fast coming into that, right? So just so everyone knows, when you print on dark shirts, you need to put a layer of what's called pre-treatment on the shirt. Mm -hmm. Consider this like a primer, okay? And that primer does two major things. It, one, gives the white ink a a coverage or, yeah, coverage to adhere to. And then two, it holds the fibers down so that your prints um, come out nice and and shiny and bright and all kinds of good stuff. So you can pre-treat manually by using a Wagner spray gun or by using a roller, but preferably you want to get into a pre-treat machine, especially if you're going to get into a production shop. So my big thing that I always tell everyone is when you're looking at direct garment printing, you either one need to put a pre-treat machine in the budget, which right now, you know, your, your good ones are going to run between two and $5,000 or understand that you're going to want to purchase that within the first couple months, typically of mm-hmm. starting out. So you know, it doesn't have to be immediately because 
you're going to do a little bit of a learning curve anyways. So let's take that chunk into play. And then, for instance, the polyprint, it's right under 16000 So you grab that, you got a pre-treatment machine, call it, you know, there's a couple out there that I really like between two and $3,000. And then a heat press. The heat press is also one thing that a lot of people skimp on. And unfortunately, this is one of the things that when you buy it out of China, it just doesn't work for long. Okay. <laughs> well, so, pay for what you get here. Yeah. If, if you want to buy a $500 heat press every, every month or every couple of months, go for it. That's, that's a fine business model if you want. I don't, I want to buy it and not have to worry about it. So what's the cost of, what should you budget in for that? Usually around two to three grand. In all honesty, I mean, you can. There's other ones that are, that are under two thousand dollars that I still like. I, I really like the Stahl's Hotronics heat presses, um, for a couple of reasons. I, that's all I've ever ran for the last ten years, mm-hmm. and they have an amazing warranty on their heating element. And I've never had any of mine go out with the heating element. So, man, I've had one of them for, yeah, right at ten years now. So they have a couple. They have their Fusion, an Air Fusion, and then they also have their Auto Clam. But they have a version where it actually will hover as well, which for mm-hmm. DTG is great. So, so look that one up. The um, the Fusion or the um, Hotronics Clam that has the hover option on it. Sure. Those are great. And they're around $2,000, right? So, so all said and done, typically you're going to be around 20000 getting into this. Now, depending on – that's based off polyprint. You know, depending on other models, it could go up to 30 and above. When I first got into it, we were, with everything else we were buying, I think we we spent like 32 getting into it. But we recouped those costs very quickly, um, pretty much within the first year, I would say. And and the, and it was worth it to us at that point because we were able to recoup those costs because we were just were not saying no, but we were being more smart about the yeses we were saying. Sure. You know? That's um, very interesting. So about to call it 20 to 25 Sounds like right. a minimum. Yeah, typically. I mean, you know, and, and when you're adding it in and you're an existing shop who does vinyl already and stuff, mm-hmm. you're going to have the majority of things you need. You're going to have heat press. You're going to have you, that. In. Can you buy used or it, it sounds like especially with direct garment printers and, and the uh, the ink maintenance, buying used sounds a little bit worrisome. It is. So can you buy a used DTG printer? Sure, you can buy anything. Um, do I recommend it? 99% of the time, no, I do not. The only reason I would recommend it is if it's from a dealer or if the manufacturer it has some refurbished items or something sure. like that. If you're if you're buying, if you're looking at something direct garment used, a couple of tips. One, ask about the warranty and ask for proof that the warranty is still valid and that if it is, it can be transferred to you. Sure. That's a big caveat when we talk about warranties, right? Sometimes they can't be transferred to to another company. Uh, the second thing is, you know, when was the printhead replaced? Uh, this is another thing to think about when you're buying a DTG. How much does a printhead cost to replace? I can't say how great any printer is um, without telling every single everyone I talk to that you eventually will have to replace a printhead. Period. It's just going to happen. Okay, and they, they usually last one to three one. And I've had I've had actually one of my brother machines we've had printheads uh, the same printheads in it for about five years and so that's been great I mean we use it all the time we maintain it really well but typically one to three years is what you're seeing a printhead depending on how much you're using them so asking someone when did you replace it can I see the receipts or proof of it being replaced it's it's just really tough when you buy these used sure um, yeah you just don't have any idea and they're not gonna they probably yeah. won't have the receipts anyway from that's the crappy part about it. Versus like, you know, I could go out and buy a, a Riley Hopkins that's 10 years old and throw on some new springs and some other parts and it'll be like a brand new press right. outside of a couple of things, right? Unfortunately, it's not like that with DTGs. The, the other thing is the technology is moving so fast. You know, you've got new technology coming out every year. Your average printer is, you know, you have a, a newer version of that printer every three years. That's why it's really important too, whenever you're looking to get one, making sure that, you know, who's supporting this, who can I rely on when I have questions or issues and things mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, that's that's where it's also tough. You buy one used. I mean, even if you buy one used from a guy that tells you he's going to maintain it for the next year, I, I don't know, that's that's still just really tough because you, yeah. you have no clue. 
Yeah, know, the maintenance is a lot more important here. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. you really have no clue. Like, even, you know, if, if we go to sell our F2000, I mean, I, I don't know that I, I would even, I would want to sell it unless it was sure. to someone right down the road because I know I've taken great care of it all day long. But if I sell it to someone and I don't know exactly what they're going to do with it, what happens if me as the seller selling it to someone who doesn't do things right and then a month goes by and they're like, hey, man, this thing needs a new head or this is going on. Right. How can I then prove that, well, this wasn't because of me, right? Or I don't need to pay for this head. Sure. So it's even tough to selling a, D, a used DTG. So you want to get one that you're going to have for, for a while. Yeah. That makes sense. It's interesting from the brand perspective. So there's two perspectives, right? Like Trendy Butler, more of a brand perspective versus more of a custom perspective. Are heat transfers a way to be able to get into a similar tech but at a lower cost? Or like when when does that transfer happen? When you know you are ordering from FM Expressions all your transfers or something, and then now you want to be able to up it to direct the garment. Like, what are the triggers for that to happen? Yeah, so I mean, a couple of things. You know, transfers, especially over the years, have gotten great. I love using transfers from a quality place, um, specifically screen-printed transfers, all right? Um, you get into some of these, like, iron-on transfers and ink things you can print off with an inkjet. The problem you're going to have with those is washability. So if you're coming from a brand's perspective, mm-hmm. you don't want to have to deal with that. So my big thing is if, if you're starting a your own apparel line and you're trying to do it on the cheap uh, or save some money, your initial run um, can absolutely be helped if you do transfers. But make sure that it's a good, reputable company, preferably screen-printed transfers, um, you know, if your designs allow it, right? So that's absolutely a great way to do it. Now, let's say that you, do, you go that route and you do your first launch and you sell a couple hundred shirts real quick. And then you do the next launch and you, you keep doing well, right? What ends up happening, the, the only issue that you have with those is you, you need to keep on buying in large bulk to make, make it worth your while. And as long as you're sell, your numbers are high, then that's great. Problem comes, though, when you want to expand that design. If your apparel line has you know, a handful of designs, mm-hmm doing you know buying that amount of like let's say six designs if your your apparel brand has six different designs and you want to buy a couple hundred transfers of each of those designs versus spending twenty thousand dollars on a dtg and this is just you want to do this as a proof of concept or a hobby do the transfers it's great the issue you run into though is you need to make sure that those transfers are exactly the right size that you want them to be because you can't change it once you order them and when you have them shipped to you no matter how long you wait they don't shrink enough to make a difference, right? <laughs> and then as you expand or as you want to have more offerings, then that's when it might be worthwhile for you to take over the production. The, the other thing with the transfer, and again, I'm not dogging transfers because I love love them. And I have a, a good amount of buddies um, and customers that have built great businesses off transfers. But when you're if you're running an apparel line, again, we'll go back to that one, and we want to do you know, some tests, some test designs and things like that. I want to do a mock-up and throw it on Instagram and see if anyone's interested in it. Um, if I have a DTG and I do that, I can print on demand, boom, right then and there. And again, grab that emotional, oh, I love this. I want to buy it right now for 30 bucks. I can grab that emotional sale. If I'm tossing it out there and I'm thinking about then bringing in transfers, I've got a delay. And, you know, as fast as everyone's moving, that's kind of an issue. So, so expanding with transfers can be kind of tough if you're in apparel line. Um, the turnaround time at, at times can be tough if you're just a traditional printer provided mm-hmm. to people. So someone comes in and says, hey, I need six shirts with this design on it, and I need it next week. Well, sometimes, depending on where your transfers come from, that means you've got to do a rush order on the transfers, got to get them to you quickly, and then if something goes wrong, you don't have control over that, right? So at the end of the day, doing anything in-house, the decision for that, should be based off of your business and the fact that you want slash value the control that it brings you. That's whether we're talking screen printing or DTG, but the the majority of the time, you know, like there's a great company, Chowderheads, chowderheads.com. It's mm-hmm. C-H-O-W-D-E-R-H-E-A-D-Z.com. 
I'll make sure he's cool with me plugging his name. I don't think he'll have a problem with it. But <laughs> it's a great company, and um, you know they they have a great website. All the shirts they do is on demand DTG stuff, and they're doing a ton of it. And for him, it worked out perfect because they can have hundreds of designs, and um, they have all these opportunities to make sales, and they do it. That's where DTG works for him. Similar to like Trinity Cactus as well. And sure. So it sounds like I mean turnaround time's a big thing. Being able to do things a little bit more custom. It's almost like a step up, right? It's like, okay, this is working. Let's move to the next step uh, to be able to allow us more flexibility and serve our customers better. Right. And, and you know, the thing about it, too, the majority of the time I'm finding that people are purchasing these machines on a leasing deal, on a financing deal. So the other thing that I always talk about is if you're going to go that route and you confirm, yep, I want to get into this, go talk numbers with who you're doing your leasing or financing from. And let's figure that out. Because you might go to them and because of your credit or whatever, your monthly payment might be a lot more expensive than you expected, right? Versus if you have great credit and all, and good business history, things like that nature, your monthly bill might be cheaper than you expected. And so that can be another decision-making tool as well, um, just kind of confirming that. you know. But but again, like the biggest thing we keep, com- keep coming back to is, is do you have the business for it? If so, what is that business? And let's talk through it. That is... It's interesting. I talk when people call in Orion it or, or when I talk to people about getting into DTG, I ask just as many questions about their business and what they're going to use it for as they ask me about the printer. Sure. If not, if not, I ask more because my key thing is to make sure that does this printer fit in your shop? And if it does, great. You're going to love it. If it doesn't, that's great, too. I'm going to recommend you go here, talk to this person about that, you know, because and that's what I've also told people. I've been a customer of, of RyanAntScreenPrinting.com ever since I started. And from the customer side, I really enjoyed it. And then I've worked with Ryan at, you know, for, geez, almost 10 years now. And from the side of working for Ryan, at, it's been great, too, because at the end of the day, you know, we have all we have all of these um, these core values and. But really, they can all kind of come down to the business model of we want to make screen printers better or printers just garment decorators better. It's a very, very simple business model. If I can help you succeed, then we can do a lot of business together. Right. And even if that means if you're calling me the DTG expert at at this company or or me, the guy that someone recommended to talk to about direct current printing, even if that means that I tell you, hey, this probably isn't the right fit for you either yeah, period yeah, you or right know. now. I mean, I would totally. much rather say this is not the right fit than than give than, than recommend you the wrong thing. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we exactly do the same. Um, and I think people respect that too. Um, totally. Yeah, that's huge. Is there anything that, any any shop that you're following that's super interesting or, or a book that you're reading super interesting and other people could pick up? Any tactic or something or strategy that, that you found very interesting in other shops using? The Chowderheads has got a great thing going. I really like them. And again, I'll, I'll make I'll make I'll make sure they're they're cool with me talking about them. <laughs> but um, but I, I'm sure that they're fine with it. They they've got a really great thing going. There there's a really cool shop that popped up on my mm-hmm. radar recently, and they read and it's and it's a shop that turned out of their house um, as well. So a couple of things I like to follow, you know, there's a YouTuber, the Screen Print Life. He's got a couple of really cool things going on. Of course, Ryan, it's YouTube. It's always great. But there's a new guy. He's not crazy new, but he's been doing some really neat stuff. What's his name? Oh, that's I'm pulling him up right now. Lee Stewart is the name. Lee of, Stewart. Uh, yeah, that's the name of his uh, YouTube channel. Here, I'll send it to you right now. Awesome. L E E Stewart. Um, I'm assuming you just search what Lee Stewart printing or. Yeah. Awesome. And I would so I would link to this out. video um, that he put together as well because. Yeah, I'll check it out. A big thing. Oh yeah, also, yeah, I did see this. Very cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he spent a lot of time and just perfecting the, the home setup. Another company that you got everyone listening should totally look up. Snarky Cancer. Snarky Cancer. Uh, wild story and great group of people. Um, they're out of they're out of the Washington area. Everything that they do, they they put so much towards um, cancer research and funding, and so they're doing some really really cool stuff. Um, 
and, but their marketing is really fun and really cool. So that that's something that I, I also really stress to people. You know, like when we put the shop together, we have space made in the shop for Instagram photography, product photography, things like that. You don't need a lot of space for that. But, you know, getting your message out and marketing is such a big, big thing these days. But you don't have to overthink it. But this guy, the crazy home screen printing setup, he talks a little bit about that. And Snarky, they do all kinds of really cool things. Great people, again, too. Yeah, so. I'll check this out. Yeah, Lee's also on Lee Stewart 38 on Instagram as well, where he posts a lot of really cool pictures and videos and everything like that. So definitely check him out. Um, Luke, yeah. this has been awesome. This is very, very helpful. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped to, to write this out and document it all and be able to share it. Thank you so much for being able to join us. Uh, everybody, you can reach Luke. Uh, we'll post your email in the um, yeah, put my email so they don't have there. to spell it, and they can be able to reach you if they have more <laughs> questions as well. And it'll be very cool yeah. to see how those videos come out, and I love the educational materials as well. Perfect. Thanks, yeah. Luca. Really appreciate joining us and sharing all that knowledge. Yeah, no problem. I, I actually just thought I gotta do one more plug for something else that's really yeah, important. Yeah, of course. So one humongous, humongous thing I can't stress enough, whether you're screen or DTG, is you have to always think about the quality of the shirt. You know, there's there's a thing in art that says crap art in is crap art out. If you have bad art, you have bad separations, bad film, bad screens, bad prints, right? Same thing with shirts. If you're using crappy shirts or you're using shirts that do not have a good quality to how they're made, you're not going to have good prints. So I highly, highly always recommend that people work on that and work on possibly upselling when the option is there. Right now, my top one is our all-made shirt at Ryanet. I'm not saying it because I work at Ryanet, but it prints phenomenally on our DTGs, and that's all that I, that we sell right now for adult stuff. Um, that's on DTG through this. So, so the all-made brand has been phenomenal. It's got a great store behind it too, which goes back to is a great marketing material. But that's my last little thing that I recommend is um, definitely checking out all-made. It's really cool. Okay, sweet, awesome, awesome, Luke. Truly appreciate the time. This has been ultra helpful. Thank you. And thank thank you. you for, uh, yeah, of course, of course. Thanks for joining <laughs> us on the show. No problem, man. You guys have a great one. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye. We'll do. Bye. Bye.